It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Spring ahead of allergy season with Telfast 180 milligrams, 30 tablets, now just $7.99 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Lizzie for breakfast on SENZ. It is Tuesday the 28th of September, it is just after 6am in the morning. It's early, it's early. I hope you're having a great start to your day wherever you are around the country. And thanks a lot for tuning in this morning. We've got a great show for you today. We've got covering all sports, golf, bit of EPL over in, in, in England, bit of city kickboxing fight gym chat. Also, Cup Week. Cup Week in Christchurch with announcements yesterday. So we've got some great guests joining us. The Ryder Cup finished yesterday, and it was a very, very dominant performance by the United States. Actually, the most dominant in history, winning 19 points to 9. Joe House is the host of Fairway Rolling and the Ringer Gambling Show over in the United States. So he's a bit of a hoot. He'll be a bit of a laugh. So looking forward to chatting to Joe House about all things Ryder Cup. Also, the EPL in England as well and truly in fight. Arsenal gave Baz's, Baz's Tottenham Spurs an absolute hiding. 3-1. So we got our EPL man, Harry Simeo, to talk all things EPL. He'll be very happy. Arsenal's his team. The well and truly bad. Man City beating Chelsea 1-0. My Man United going down to Aston Villa 1-0 as well. Oh, disappointing. First loss in the Premier League. Anyway, that's okay. Um, also, City Kickboxing Fight Gym has been in the news lots lately. Dan Hooker post-fight presser announcing the gym will be moving overseas. Mike Angrove is a vital cog in City Kickboxing. He joins us to give us some more understanding and some more detail on what's going on with City Kickboxing and the Fight Gym. So I'm really, really looking forward to chatting to Mike Angrove. Um, he knows all things about um, Dan Hooker, Kaikara France, Brad Riddell, Shane Young... And Carlos Solberg, like the list goes on. We've got some absolute champion fighters in New Zealand. We are so lucky. And if they go, oof, be a huge loss. Not for, for just us and, and those fighters, for the next generation missing out on an opportunity to train with some of the greats. Uh, anyway, looking forward to that. And then, um, yeah, news yesterday that Cup Week, Eddington. Eddington might be, uh, might be played ahead with no crowds. It is the new normal at the moment with COVID and, and what it's 
presenting to event organisers and, and hospitality places around New Zealand. It is a tough time, um, but the news yesterday that Addington Cup Week Tuesday is by far one of my favourite weeks. It's been the last two years to Addington on a Tuesday. It is a great day. It is a great day of Cup Week. And Darren Williams is the Racing Industry Manager at Addington Raceway, and he joins us to give us a bit of insight of... Uh, I know the barriers that they're facing at the moment, the struggles, um, and, and just get a bit of an understanding if he's had any conversations from the powers of B above. So looking forward to that. And uh, like always, give us a text on double eight double three, or call us on 0800 150811. And make sure you download the SENZ app and look at the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast podcast and you'll get all things, interviews, conversations, uh, a little bit of content of what we've spoken about during the show. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for joining, tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. But got to go say good morning to my team over in the studio in Auckland, Trudy and Louie, Karen and Joe in the back. Good morning, team. Hello, Izzy. Kia ora. How are you? Kia ora. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I've got my little uh, lemon and ginger tea here and mate, it's a beautiful day here in Crosshair. It's a bit cold, but bit frosty, but you know, we can see the stars, see the moon. And uh, no, it's a good day, man. I'm looking forward to um, today's show, actually. Um, we've got some good guests, and I'm look, really looking forward to my Angrove out of uh, City Kickboxing and just really uh, having a great conversation to him and just getting a bit more of an understanding. And, you know, uh, is that decision, has it been made? Are they actually just, have they bought, got their visas sorted? Are they off or, or what? You know, just really looking forward to that, Louis. So, but anyway, how are you guys? You good? Yep, yep, very well. Mike Angove will be—he'll be brilliant, Ronnie, because um, Mike—he—he's right in the thick of it. He has been for a long time. He's been right next to Eugene Berryman and uh, Israel Adesanya, and it looks like as he's already made the decision, he's off. Um, and and kind of look, it makes sense. I spoke to Mike yesterday, and he actually said to me, "Well, do we consider Scott Dixon and do we consider Stephen Adams Kiwis? Of course we do." Because they base themselves yeah. offshore. I mean, like, I think there's a there's a there's probably a little bit of confusion here about what what city kickboxing is trying to express and the way they feel respected mm. or disrespected. So I'll be it'd be good just to let Mike kind of lay it out for us. What are you guys feeling? What are what is Dan Hooker? What is Izzy thinking here? Like what what do you want and 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 what are you asking for? And and I, I hope and I kind of suspect it's just for a bit of respect and like proper respect as mm. well from um as Dan Hooker said, Sport New Zealand, but the public, the sporting public in New Zealand that is can be fair weathered at time. But anyway, we'll let Mike Angove um, uh, it's it's fascinating because eh? we we live down under. We live you know, we we're way down the bottom and, and we are quite far away and we punch well above our, our weight for for a small nation, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and and I can fully see where you're coming from with that, and getting a bit more of an understanding, you know, the UFC, it is huge in the United States, and it just makes sense for them going over there, and but it's just it's just so they're just such good ambassadors, you know, and when you see them walking around your streets, and you see them in Auckland, and and for me, the next generation, those are the ones that will potentially miss miss out, you know, the, if there is some quality fighters here, which I, they 100% will be. They'll have to move overseas and move away from their families. Like, yeah, it's just one of those things. And you know, I'm sad to see that has it's come to this um, point when they have to move offshore. But when you think about it, like you said, it, it makes sense. You know, it makes sense, and, and you get a bit of an understanding of, of why and where they're going. And I guess the way that Izzy um, portrays it on the social media probably doesn't help. It probably winds everyone up as well. But when you when you just sit down, take a breath, and you think about it, oh yeah, okay, you can see see the logic behind it also. 
Um, no, nah, that'll be good, mate. Looking forward to that chat and uh, have a, having a great conversation with, with him. But, um, yeah, how's your tooth, mate? You all right? Yeah, the, the tooth's okay. The tooth <laughs> is okay. I've actually, how's this? Um, unrelated. So I had a, a dentist appointment, you know, for your, your regular hygiene clean or whatever. You know, the, get the get the yucky bit scraped out and a little bit of a polish up. Had that booked, um, and, and that was binned during COVID, right? So then, <laughs> <laughs> then that was rescheduled for today. And then last week, the tooth flared up. So I went to the dentist on, what was it, Thursday? And now I'm going back today for an unrelated reason. So I've got to spend a, a strange amount of time. Yeah, the, that's right, Trudy. <laughs> Absolutely on my massive salary here. Just so much of it going out the door. Um, so that's all right. Right, um, you know, back to the dentist table. Well, I was it's either there to Paul Moati, mate. Come on. Yeah, well, that's right. And I'd rather give it to the <laughs> dentist, wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> Paul, here's a question for you. I was thinking about this today because it's going to take an hour, which is, you know, when you're sleep deprived as is, and then you've got a show to set up for the next day, it's an hour out of your afternoon, gets a bit punishing. I was thinking, is it possible to sleep on the dentist table. Yeah, I do. I fall asleep on the dentist <laughs> yeah. chair. I do. Yeah, totally. Yeah? Yep, I do. I fall asleep. Oh. And it just, it, like yeah. the noises and stuff doesn't like keep yes, you awake? It's almost like lulls you out. My dentist laughs and she says you're the only person that does it, but it is possible. Obviously, working long hours helps, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just zone yeah. out to that noise. I'm thinking like for, if I'm, shades on. for an hour, yeah, horizontal, <laughs> there's pretty little chance I'm going to be able to keep my eyes open the whole time. So. <laughs> Yeah. Count, count, you know. Do they clamp your mouth open yeah. or something so you don't? No, you just sort of hold it there and mm. yeah. Is it, it is possible. It's a, it's a, oh, can't stand the dentist. eh? can't stand uh, the dentist. Hate like it. Just just that drill, just a nightmare as a kid. You know you're going to the dentist. You know those are the days when they didn't um, numb your teeth. So it was a oh man, man, that is a horrifying sound that mate. So I don't modern envy you, Louis. And now, yeah, no, a bit more modern. Get the old, you know. I don't, I feel I, do I get anxious about going to the dentist, and like I, it's maybe a bit irrational, but I feel so judged. Like I feel like when I go in there, it's yeah. so even though they're always so nice, but they're always like ask, "Have you been flossing?" And you kind of go, um, you know, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that means well, I did floss last night because I knew I was coming to the dentist today. Like <laughs> you've got great teeth. Be happy. Snooze on the t- teeth, on the chair today. I might just have a nap. Um, and I might stick a podcast in, but is that rude? Do they expect you to talk to them? No. No, no you don't talk, mate. They talk. No way. They give you the shades. You can even take your own shades in if you don't I think like you're meant shades. to at the moment because of level three. So own shades, own face mask. Take the face mask off. You don't talk, mate, when they're charging five, 500 bucks a minute. Oh, it's not that much, is it? I learned years ago that I go. I now go to the dentist every three months without fail. Like I know that sounds really over three the top. Three months. Every three months, because teeth. Your smile's mm. one of your biggest assets, right? You've got a great smile. I don't have a great smile. Three, every mm. three months, hundred odd bucks, and it's like, what's that? Thirty dollars, thirty dollars a month, and then you have a nice smile. And that's yeah. why I fall asleep because no, right. I go all the time. Well, yeah, I probably has been a bit longer than that. Probably be what. Fridging on two years for me, or eighteen months for the the old uh, the old scrape and polish. But that's all right. We'll go get it done. I'm looking forward to it. Sure, am not. Uh, meanwhile, Kane Williamson's about to win another match for uh, Sunrisers Hyderabad. He's thirty six off thirty three. They need twenty six runs off twenty two balls. So let's assume that he can hang in there and see that out. And Izzy, we've got breaking news this morning. Literally, yeah. as you were doing the intro to the show. An email came through from the Chiefs. Chiefs 
announce new sh- coaching structure to take club to next level. Next level, like CDU RXP three hundred. <laughs> yeah, the similar similar sort of vibes. The Chiefs Rugby Club, I don't think they're a club, they're a franchise, but it's okay. Chiefs have announced a new coaching structure, which will see returning coach Warren Gatland appointed to the new position of, uh, drum roll please, director of rugby and 2021 acting head coach Clayton McMillan appointed as head coach for the 2022 season. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, well, that was always going to be a fascinating little way uh, set up how they're going to, you know, uh, go about it with, especially with Clayton and um, last year again the Chiefs to the to the final and the Trans Tasman, yeah, Trans Tasman against the Crusaders down there, um, and I thought he did really well. I thought he was really good. He he brought the best out of those players, and I thought it was always going to be a weird setup when when Gats comes back, but they've done it. They've done it well there. Obviously, I think Warren's a really good. I've never been coached by Warren, but I think he's a really good man manager, and he can get in like that helicopter view and just kind of manage everyone, bring his point of difference, whereas I think Clayton's real hands-on, um, real demanding, uh, brings the best out of the of the players. He has a real big personal connection to a lot of the players and the Chiefs um, outfit. They really, um, they really uh, go back to their roots. Chiefs, mana, they're all about their heritage, their iwi. Clayton McMillan is, is a Māori, proud Māori, so he connects with them as well. So I think that's a great, that's great from the Chiefs doing that to um, Gatlin. You're getting the best of both worlds. You're giving Clayton McMillan, who's got a huge future uh, within the game of, of rugby coaching-wise, and then he's going to be learning from Warren Gatlin, who has seen everything. Wales, um, you know, he's British and Irish Lions. He's coached pretty much everywhere, and he's he's done a lot of things, a lot of experience. So they're getting the best of the best worlds, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for it. I'm happy for it. I'm not pumped for it, but I think I can see where the Chiefs are, are coming from with that, with that signing, mate. Okay, that's interesting. The other other side of the equation of that is he would be who's the most recent person or, or kind of situation like this that we've seen. Um, well, Rassi Erasmus, the director of hmm. rugby, helicoptering but really landing his helicopter right on the back of the current uh, Springboks coach. <clears throat> And in the Lions series, that got a bit messy. And it's like, if Rassi Erasmus, I hope Warren Gatlin's not about to be running the water. Well, he would have got a close no. look at what no. Rassi Erasmus was doing. Because the other thing is, you know, is there any room here for confusion? Who's in charge? Whose game plan is it? Whose tactics? I mean, this stuff is all you got to what you got to work out. But we haven't really wow. seen this in Super Rugby. I mean, there's, it's kind of a... It's a more low-key competition than, I guess, the international arena. But is there enough? I guess what I'm asking is: there is there enough chips at the table for everybody to get their share and have their say? Um, look, I can't. I don't know. Look, I might be wrong here, but I just can't see um, Warren being a bit like that and saying this is my team. And you know, I I think he's a coach that's yeah, he's come back from overseas. I think he really wants to go to Waihe. I think he's he's built his house there. He really wants to just. Uh, start easing his life and, and just start taking a bit more of a backwards, um, you know, in the back background, kind of just having overlooking things. I think that's the perfect role for him. I think for him, I think he'd he'd be a bit more of a um, just just kind of let Clayton McMillan take his however he wants to coach, just take his own direction, his own way, and and seeing the results last year, I think he'd be quite happy with that. And I think um, the Chiefs have made a great decision. I don't see Warren being like um, Rusty Erasmus and and being so vocal and creating. Videos. Yes, he is passionate, and then when there is times to step up and and say things, he will. And when he sees something that might be wrong, he'll have his say. 
but I don't see him dominating Clayton McMillan and having a bit more than a voice and a bit more of a presence. Like Clayton is uh, someone that's he's an ex-cop, mate. Doesn't take any any rubbish as well. So like you know, like <laughs> he's pretty scary looking fella too. So now nah, I think it's great from the Chiefs. They've 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 nailed it there with with that appointment and and giving Warren a, a bit more of an overlook and and. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a voice in the background. Double eight, double three. Chiefs fans, 0800 150 811. Kennard's phone line is there for you. Chiefs fans, where are you? Give us a call. We'd love to hear what you think. Were you worried about Warren Gatlin coming back? Does this ease that? I, I think you're kind of right. Is he on the surface level and actually on the ground floor? Clayton is the man. He is the guy to do it because mm. he connects. He is a proud Chiefs man through and through. He said, having lived my life in the Chiefs region, I am a Chiefs club man through and through and like Gats, I want to see the Chiefs back at the top of the Super Rugby table. As I've previously said, we complement each other well. And one of the major attractions for me when I joined the club was to work alongside Gats and benefit from his immense knowledge and experience. Mm. We are committed to working together to, the, to position the Chiefs for sustained success. And I can't wait to get started. He's saying all the right things there. It does make sense when you think about it like that. You've got a wealth of knowledge and then hands-on expertise at that level. So Chiefs fans, double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. What do you think? Will this work? We'd love to hear from you this morning. There you go, a bit of breaking rugby news to get us going, Izzy. Yes, I love it, mate. I love it. Good work, good work. And um what the Chiefs, you know, the, the, when Rennie was there, they were Mate, they were unreal. They were unreal because they ticked all the boxes. They connected back to where they come from and um, always had many good battles against the Chiefs, Chiefs outfit. So, like, well done to them. And, and saw the success that Clayton bought last year. So they're only going to be better, and it's a positive for them, I think, anyway. So, well done. Great signing. Beautiful stuff. Hey, uh, in the international rugby arena, well, the All Blacks, we, all t- we talked about that test match yesterday. I still think a lot of people are probably a bit confused as to what to make of it. I think the All Blacks themselves might have been a little bit shell-shocked, and, and we spoke about that yesterday. They, they, might, they should have been expecting it. Whatever happened, happened. And, uh, look, what transpired was a very close game and a review that the players uh, sat in yesterday. And Joe Moody, um, well, he, he had a press conference yesterday and he kind of spoke about it a little bit and talked about what they need to do better if they want to put a gap against in the scoreboard against the Springboks this weekend. We'll play some Joe Moody after this. And again, it's some of the stuff you touched on yesterday, Izzy. Right now, though, it is 19 minutes after six. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. I could probably use some of those. I was sneezing up a storm this morning on the way to work, working, walking through Parnell. I would have um, actually, if there were uh, apologies to all the Parnell people, that I would have woken up at about ten to four in the morning, sneezing down the road. <laughs> it wouldn't have been good. Anyway, I digress. I'd head down to Chemist Warehouse, see if I can find DC, get him on the show while I'm there. Is he, um, look, <laughs> Joe Moody fronted media yesterday, and you were kind of all over this, really. So I don't know if Joe was listening to the show yesterday, and that's what he was talking about. But the escorting, mm. and that's not a, that's a word that might be, people might think it means something else. But can you just quickly give an explanation about what is an escort? <clears throat> yeah, so when the, um, Obviously, from a box kick, when it goes up, um, you the guys that are around the ruck, around the ruck area, running back. So running back to where the ball's going and, and just making it a little bit harder, a little bit more difficult for the chasing winger um, that's, that's trying to catch the ball, the South African winger, just making it a little bit more difficult for him to get to where the ball and compete. Um, so we had a saying. We had a saying when I was back in playing. It was um, turn and burn. 
you know, so you, your first instinct would be once that box kicks those up, you're like, wow, that's an amazing high kick, and you just look <laughs> at it and just watch it. Um, and there was a lot of times when, when the boys were doing it, and there's probably a lot of times on the weekend when they were just looking at it and um, Joe Moody come out and, and spoke about the review, and, and there would have been a lot of things that um, were happening in that game that they weren't helping, and, and one of them was escorting that wasn't helping. And um, I spoke about it yesterday with uh, Brody Vitalik when he got re- he got penalised from escorting, so when you back him on, you know the refs are looking for it. Um, but that's okay. We, we, the rules are, once the ball goes up, you can run straight. You can run straight. So what you do as, as a, uh, a returning player, a returning escort, is you look straight for your winger, you look straight for your winger, and you run straight for him. And you run straight, you can hold your line. You can hold your line. If you deviate left or right, then they're going to penalise you. So the whole thing is those two first defenders on either side of the ruck, we run back straight back and we help that supp- um, our, our attacking winger or our, our, our receiving winger for the All Blacks. You help him give every chance to get up. And I don't think they did that um, very well on the weekend. And um, it was actually fascinating to hear um, Grant Fox's conversation yesterday with Smithy talking about the, the review and, and, and little things within that. Um, review that they seen there was guys probably missing rucks just weren't nailing their roles so yeah would have been would have been a pretty brutal review I'm, I'm assuming from from Ian Foster and, and the All Blacks yep well let's hear Joe Moody speak about it if you were in the review with us this morning and you saw all the clips that we got shown that uh we sort of could have made better decisions and done things better then uh, I'd say there's a lot of room for improvement um yeah probably on the night and just watching it as it happened uh you know, you didn't realise how many things we did sort of let slip and miss out on. But, um, yeah, seeing the review and everything this morning, there's there's a lot to be worked on and a, a lot of a lot of room for improvement uh, of just basic, simple things. I know uh, it, it was a little bit frustrating when they were uh, doing a lot of those high balls and just uh, kicking a lot in that. Uh, but I suppose for, for the likes of myself, I'm not really going to be in the position to be taking the high balls much, but I just, um, I guess, need to get into into positions where, I don't know, I might uh, make a guy have to run around me or something to give an extra half a second or whatever for for our guys out the back uh, to actually get a, you know, get a clean take on things and just make it a little bit easier for them. And when you've got guys like Faf de Klerk um, absolutely just, playing beer pong out there just nailing cups and hitting darts well then half a second makes all the difference doesn't it like he's so accurate so a, a tiny what Joe Moody talked about I assume that is the world of difference is he 100% and, and you probably won't look for that those, those are the things you don't look for at home but that, those are the little details and little one percenters that that make uh, an outside back's job a lot easier so yeah, your job's not done once the kicks up. You got to get back. You got to turn. You got to burn, and you got to you got that first five minutes. You're sprinting, and you're getting back, and you're making it harder for Malpimpi and Co to go around you, and just giving George Bridge and um, Rico Iwani, Geordie Barrett, just a bit more time, a bit more assurance, and just a bit more leeway to get up and, and dominate the air. So look, um, there'll be little things within that game and review, and they will have seen things, and it's it's fascinating now when you have a review, and, and when you're out there, everything's happening so quick. So you're like, oh my gosh, you know, you don't see it. So you miss out on opportunities. Then you watch the video and it's slowing down. You can see the opportunities. You're like, wow, how do I miss that? So, look, the All Blacks will learn and, and they'll be better this weekend. And looking for, looking forward to a, um, you know, rampaging return from the All Blacks this weekend. My favourite part of what Joe Moody had to say yesterday was this, though. Almost felt like I was hardly getting a sweat on type thing. It was literally just about every stoppage. Um, 
you know, someone was going down and having a smoke ghost. <laughs> Joe Moody throwing serious shade at the South African Springboks. Hey, that's someone that loves a smoko too. Come on, Joe. No, no, no. no, he's right though. He's right. That's what I mean. They slowed it down and they played to their their, temp, uh, their tempo, mate. They, they they made the game slow and it gave them time to recover. And I'm mate this weekend. I know they'll, he spoke about they'll go talk to the refs. They'll talk about the smokos and they'll play an up tempo game. And good luck to South Africa. Double eight, double three. Did you? What did you think of uh, South Africa's Smoko game? Was it frustrating? Watch. Were you guys frustrated <laughs> out there watching them and all the trainers come on the field all the time? Go on, give us a text. Double eight, double three. Right now, it's time for the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. It is 27 minutes away from 7am. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Izzy dagged down in there in the beautiful Ohoka, North Canterbury. I'm up here in Auckland with the crew. Baz McCullum over at the IPL in Abu Dhabi where Kane Williamson... Gee, we love Kane Williamson, don't we? He's got the Sunrisers Hyderabad back on track. Loss, 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 loss. Win. Because Kane scored a 50 and saw them through. He wanted to win and he got it done for the lads. Congratulations, Kane Williamson. 167 for three. He saw them home. That is good result. And uh, the Kolkata Knight Riders, I think they lost their last start. So they're 2-1 this time back. And they've got a game tomorrow night. And they're still sitting down towards the bottom of the table. But you never know. You, you just never know. You know, string a few wins together and... Um, we'll see how that goes in the resumption of the IPL. Izzy, this weekend, a tissue mm. in the Epsom. Love Racing.nz, Thoroughbred Racing update, mate. Are you and uh, Kurt, are you guys talking every day about its chances, what it's going to do <laughs> from the barrier? You know, you're just kind of fizzing, like scheming it up. Um, but early in the week, uh, but I'll, Wednesday onwards, Lou, you get a bit, get a bit excited in the racing world. You know, Monday, Tuesday, she's a wee bit slow unless you want to go to Hong Kong or something like that. So we'll get to Wednesday and, um, we'll start talking about, yes, yeah, I actually did message him yesterday about it and just seen, um, you know, how, what's he thinking and, and just getting a bit of understanding. He was busy. He's a busy man. So he didn't really say much, but, um, man, I'm looking forward to that. A tissue and it's up against the great Moonga. So it's up against a, a great horse in Moong, and there's a lot of other horses in that race as well. So it's going to be right up against it. But, mate, you know, you want to test yourself against the, the best in the world, why not? So, look, I'm looking forward to that race. And and I think it's issues paying eight bucks on um, the TAB uh, website. So, yeah, good odds for it. Good odds for it. If you want to have a wee go, I'm going. I'm going to tissue, 100%. Nice. 100%, mate. Nice. I love that. Mm. Um, so that's over at the Group 1 at Randwick. Back here, we've got a Group 1 in New Zealand. Cool sign Mavs, $2.20 favourite in the futures, all in market for the Windsor Park Plate. Dragon Leap, um, Baz will be following his money there, no doubt. Pre Defer, Gino Severini, Savion Blanc, Spring Tide. That's going to be a lovely race. But on Friday, mm. there's actually proper racing on Friday at Tarapa. There's a real nice meet uh, where they've got two open handicaps worth $40,000. I think we're going to see Gold Watch, probably Mascarpone as well, who won the Foxbridge Plate. And then two rating 74s and a three-year-old set weights race. So I'm really excited. From Friday, the racing really heats up here in New Zealand. There's plenty of going on. 
Uh, today, the trialling at Cambridge. Tomorrow, I think we're at Aura Park in Rotorua. Yet we are, then Waverley on Thursday, and then, as I say, Friday into Hastings and Rickerton this weekend as it really ramps up. So plenty of winners to be found. And it looks like we got a text here on uh, the Clayton McMillan era at the Chiefs's. Morning, boys, and Trudy. Yes, think the bold had... Far too many pies will get found out this weekend, and great decision by Chiefs McMillan, going to be a great coach. That's from Dave in Karaka, so he reckons <laughs> the Springboks had far too many pies and got found out. No, yeah, look, oh, it's it's interesting, and I just read something that, that Richie Moanga is um, out of isolation today, and he's going to train with the squad this afternoon, so it'll be interesting to, to, get, to see if they do just go straight back to Richie and give him an opportunity or do they play with Bodie and just give him another opportunity to bring Richie off the bench? Richie has been stuck in a in a hotel for two weeks. He's been training the house down. If you follow him on Instagram, he's been training the house. I hate to be his neighbours. He's throwing some tin around in his room and <laughs> kicking the ball, kicking the ball, kicking the ball into the walls, passing the ball into the walls. So I, I bet you there's a few noise complaints. But what do you reckon? Do you reckon Richie deserves to go straight into 10? Would you like to see him at 10? Or, or would you want to give Bodie another go, bring Richie off the bench? What does that do to the bench with Damien? Does he hop out, or does Richie just not play at all? So it's fascinating. They've got a, a whole new conundrum to, to, to think about now with uh, Richie Moanga, who was before this, before MIQ, before having his, his baby um, little boy. He was in um, starting number 10. Do they go back to that? So I want to know from you at home, do you reckon Richie... Go straight in there, or does uh, Bodie stay in there and Richie off the bench? There'll be a fascinating uh, conversation this week from Ian Foster and Co. It is. Uh, uh, a part of me thinks that they, they might actually really, like it might be great for Bodie just to have a spell on the bench. I mean, he, it just he's played so much footy. He's kind of, he's really carried the load. And it gives the All Blacks a, a kind of a mode of versatility when he's on the bench, doesn't it? Like it, it leaves, if the game gets tight, it leaves a, a lot of experience there to kind of come on. He can either come on at first five or at fullback. And it really kind of creates, yeah. not that Damien can't, but I don't know, it just kind of feels like that might be where um, they go. Nah, nah, he won't. He, he won't want to go, mate, yeah, check me on the bench so I can be, uh, you know, a utility. Um, he'll hate that. He'll want to start. And he's already come out and said he wants to play 10. And, um, you know, he's still been playing pretty well. He's pretty good. And what he's done, he's nailed all his jobs, he's done everything right so far, but then you've got a guy like Richie who is just on another level, just cr- creates a little bit of a headache for the All Blacks. So, um, yeah, like, like you said, if he does go there, he's got that utility factor, um, but so does Damien. Mm. Damien's can play first five, can play fullback, he can probably play wing. Um, so, yeah, it's just, they've got some decisions to be made, and, and what does that do throw a span in the works for the All Blacks? Do you is think positive, you know? Is do you think that knowing being in the camp and stuff, do you do you think that they would have made the decision by now, or they wanted to, will they want to get a look at Richie? Um, they'll probably want to get a look at it and get a bit of a. It's probably unfair on Richie to come in, um, and just like just for him because he's been confined to a hotel room. I don't even think he was allowed out of his room the whole time. It's different in Australia. I don't even think you're allowed to walk for the whole time. You're just stuck in your in your room, which is different. Um, but knowing Richie and, and what a professional he is, he'd brought up, he'd want to play. He'd say to the coaches, I'm available. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they've made that decision. They probably might have before the weekend, but then with the close game and the game they're wanting to play and, and playing a quick up-tempo game and keeping um, the South Africans running, they'll probably lean, lean towards Richie. So... Yeah, interesting. I'm looking forward to it. We've got a text here. Bowden starts, Richie on the bench, D-Mac, week off. 
Bowden needs to prove him himself again. That is from Costa. Costa reckons Bodie starts and Richie on the bench. Oh, nice. I like that. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. Double eight, double three. Because, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting what kind of core and what line they go down. Beautiful stuff. Right now, it is 20 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Double eight, double three, or the Kennard Tire phone line. 0800 150 811 if you want to take on the Quizmaster. The <laughs> is master. He's got all the questions. Do you have the answers? Give us a call if you want this $50 bonus bet from the TAB. It's a quiz up for the taking today. I've seen it. I've seen it. And it is right up for grabs at 19 oh, really? minutes away really? from 7 o'clock. <laughs> Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 <laughs> Oh, wow, wow, the phone line's running hot. Everyone is keen for the $30. $30, they know there's a big weekend of punting coming up, big weekend of sport, NRL, Benji Marshall and the Rabbitohs. Can they get up against the Penrith Panthers? We've got Richie on the line. Good morning, Richie. Morning, Izzy. Hey, mate, hey, mate. I'll, uh, have you won one of these yet? Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I thought so. I thought you won. Yeah, you're quite good at the same. Here you I've go. You see if you can get five in a row. Question number one, brother. Here we go. Question number one. Which Ollie Whites defender has chosen to play for the Socceroos over the All Whites? Gianni Stinksness. Yes, beautiful. Question number two. Including this weekend, how many NRL Grand Finals has Wayne Bennett coached? Sixteen. Two, one. Sorry, brother. Sorry, Richie. Tim, good morning. Yo. Including this weekend, Tim. Seven. Seven? No. Sorry, mate. Uh, okay. Sorry. Alan, good morning. Oh, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Okay, mate, how are you? Good, Mark from Tauranga. Here we go, mate. Question number two. Including this weekend, how many NRL Grand Finals has Wayne Bennett coached? Uh, I thought it was 13, but I could be wrong. It's not 13. It's not 13. Sorry. It's Alan, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, um, Alan. Including this weekend. 11. How many NRL... No. <laughs> no. Sorry, Alan. Craig, good morning. Morning. Eight. Morning, Craig. Including this eight? Eight? No. No. Sorry, Craig. It's a tough it's a toughie. Brenton. Including this weekend. Eight. How many including this weekend, Brenton? Eh? I'm gonna say ten. Ten. Yes. Well, well done. Well done. Here we go. Alexander Usyk took down Anthony Joshua to claim the WBO, the WBA, and the IBF heavyweight titles. Which country is he from? Uh, Five, four, 
Ukraine or Russia? One of them. Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukraine, you got it. You got it. Here we go. Question number four. Which who is the CEO of Sport New Zealand? Dan Hooker. Oh. Five. Four. Three. Railing Castle? No? Railing Castle? Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. There we go, there we go, here we go, mate. Bring it home, bring it home. Here we go. Justin Tucker kicked the winning Justin Tucker kicked the winning field goal for the Baltimore Ravens yesterday, breaking the NFL record for the longest field goal ever. How far was it? Oh. Five, four, four, three, three yards. Two. Ah, sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. Sorry, Brenton. Tim, good morning. How are you? Good, mate. It's your time, mate. Your time. Justin Tucker kicked the winning field goal. In the NFL, you say it was a record. 66 yards. Timmy, Timmy from Christchurch. And you love timing this quiz to perfection, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, boy. I was was sitting there going, oh, I heard this yesterday, and I was like, oh, mate, I bet you won't get through. Yes, awesome. mate, you got through, you got uh, got through. Well done, mate. Spend it wisely. Save it for a tissue on Saturday, mate. It'll win, it'll win good. Yeah, mate. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, mate. Well, there you go, Louis. Good quiz. The phone lines are running hot. Tough questions. Oh, Tough I told you it was an easy quiz. this weekend. Oh, Pretty mate. much giving it away you out there. Got, <laughs> you, you got them going. NRL Grand Finals has Wayne Bennett coached 10. It's so a tough question. Google mustn't have been working that well. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> tough. It's hard to Google that, eh? How many grand finals has Wayne Bennett coached? <laughs> Isn't it funny <sighs> how the ones that are hard to Google are the ones that take long? <laughs> you yeah. But no, there's some good answers there. Ukraine, Raylene Castle, yeah. Izzy Alessanias, yeah. mate, um, Justin Tucker. Yeah. You'd only know that if you were kind of on, you know, your Sports Centre Instagram page or something. Like, you yeah. wouldn't, you know. Although it was on the news last night, so a bit of mainstream coverage mm. for the NFL. Anyway, it's eight and a half minutes away from seven. Well done, Izzy. Quizzy Dag, another day down. You can be back in the draw tomorrow. We'll back in the line tomorrow to play at the same time, about quarter to seven every morning here at Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're back with something we do every day as well. Trudy's World, after this. Uh, it is coming up to the news at seven. A great text here about Bowden Barrett and the number 10 jersey from Juan. We'll get to that before the news, Izzy. I want to hear more of this going into the next hour as well because it's going to be a very big talking point heading into the weekend, isn't it? Uh, another text, don't faint, Louis. 27 years between visits, one filling at the dentist for me from Jordan. Well, that's a humble brag if I've ever heard one, Jordan. Well done to you, <laughs> mate. It's true as well. It's true as well. It's true as well. It's Trudy's world. It's Trudy's world. Well, news to put a smile on the dial for Tuesday, a bit like that intro. Uh, you guys were talking escorting before in sport. <laughs> Absolutely legit, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's move that chat to dating. Um, how did you meet <laughs> Daisy, Izzy? Izzy, Daisy, sitting in a tree. How did you guys meet? <clears throat> um, we met in Hawke's Bay. I was 16 and we were at Horse of the Year. So it was an event in... And Daisy was a horse rider, and I went to Horse of the Year, and that's when we first met. What were you doing there? Yeah, trying to find a girlfriend? Trying to find a wife? Uh, they, they have a really cool party there at the end of the event, and so I just went to that, and Daisy was there, and yeah, she, she didn't take her eyes off me. <laughs> Love it. Well, I know Louis met Shannon at broadcasting school. I'm sure Joe met his chicky babe at stand-up comic classes. 
and maybe singing <laughs> classes. And Kieran, well, he's 19, so he probably met his lady at Bar 101, like the old-fashioned way. Well, if you're a Tinder dweller, this is for you, okay? <laughs> Tinder is not okay. my cup of tea, but whatever floats your love boat, there has been progress in regards to Tinder because of recent upsets. So in the States now, you swipe. Is it left, right? I don't know. You swipe. You connect. You text message each other. You set the date up. Yeah. Now there's this new thing going around with Tinder that you record a voice message into your phone. So I'm Mary and you're John, and I say, let's meet up and say, John, sorry, before we meet, you need to send me a voice message back that says, hi, I'm John, and I hereby promise not to hurt you, harm you, murder or assault you during our date. And then he forwards that voice packet to the to her, and then the date goes ahead. So how about that for progress? Weird. So you kind of legally thought that the law would have been enough not to murder no, someone. So people are now asking for a voice message to confirm the, <laughs> that they're not going to get murdered. There you go. I well, mean, it's good. Good, but crazy, eh? Crazy times. Crazy times. None of that back at Horse of the Year. And <laughs> How crazy is the dating world? How crazy is the dating world? That is so easy, eh? There's Tinder. What else is there? Bumble. Um, What's the one? The, R- Raya? Raya? Grinder. The, the one. Yep, is that? What's the Grindr? one for famous people, is he? You'd know. I oh, know you're married, I suppose. So Elite singles. <laughs> Why would I know, Louis? No, yeah, that's right. Well, because you're famous. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, is he one? Let's go to Aikman's bar and find a famous person and ask them. <laughs> what's, the, what's, that, what's, that, what's that dating app for the A-listers? There's an oh. A-lister listening. Grant Elliott, I know you're married as well. Who's the most famous person listening? What's the famous dating app? Let us know. Anyway, after the news, we're talking to Joe House. He might know. Out of the States, Ryder Cup and punting the NFL. You hear him on the Bill Simmons podcast. He's excellent work. We'll catch up with him soon. McCafe coffee on the way. Right now, it's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building our terror. Spring ahead of allergy season with Telfast 180 milligrams, 30 tablets, now just $7.99 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Tuesday the 28th of September, it's just after 7am in the morning. Well, we've had a good hour so far, we've talked things Chiefs. Clayton McMillan is head coach. Warren Gatler, new role, director of rugby. We ask for your thoughts, so give us a text about that. Double eight, double three. We also spoke about Richie Moanga. He is back today. He is back and he is available for selection. Does he slip straight in? Well, how do you see the makeup of the squad if Richie is available? You think he's starting 10, he'll come off the bench. Geordie Barrett might move to the wing, bring Bodie into fullback, D-Mac. A lot of, lot of options for this weekend. Trying to counter... That high ball barrage that will be coming, no doubt. They won't change anything, South Africa. They'll bring the same game plan because it nearly works. So I want to hear from you. Richie Mwanga, does he slip straight back in to selection? Got a good hour coming up for uh, this next hour. We've got EPL. We're going to cross over to Harry Simeo to talk all things EPL and Arsenal and how good they are. But right now, the Ryder Cup finished yesterday, and it was a very dominant performance by the United States. What do we love at Baz and Izzy for breakfast? The two Gs, golf and a bit of gambling. This weekend we saw it all, the perfect combination for both. The Ryder Cup, a cup return to the Americans after a comprehensive performance by the home side. The only person we could think of who loves golf and a wee dabble more than us. And who could explain what this success story means for the Americans and how dusty will Colin Morikawa be today is Joe House. Yes, House is here, host of Fairway Rolling and Ringer Gambling Show. Hey, House, how are you, bud?
Joe House, morning. Oh, oh, we lost them. Maybe, we lost them. Maybe we he was them. out party, partying with Colin Morikawa. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe he was. But, mate, um, very, very dominant performance uh, yesterday by by the USA team. They were very, very good. I've got a few things here written. 19 points to 9. Uh, only needing 14 and a half to seal victory. The Yanks didn't take the foot off. Morikawa sealed the victory with his half against Victor Hovland. Um, Scotty Scheffler, that was probably the game for me. Scotty Scheffler up against world number one, um, John Rahm. And first three holes, birdies in, three up. Three up, puts John Rahm under pressure in the first couple of holes and then just absolutely dominates him for the rest of the, the outing. So that was a huge, huge win. And then Dustin Johnson beating Paul Casey, one up. And Dustin Johnson, the only f he's one of five golfers to go through the whole competition, the whole Ryder Cup. 5-0, 5-0, only uh, Arnold Palmer and, and a few other golfers, the great Arnold Palmer was part of that, so we've got Joe House on the line, good morning Joe. Gentlemen, how are you, it's a great day to be alive, especially if you're rooting for the American side of the Ryder Cup. <laughs> Mate, I just gave you a hell of an intro too, did you hear it? I heard half of it. Uh, the, the gambling gods must have conspired against us. They don't want me getting a big head. They want humility out of us as we uh, collect on these bets. All right, mate. How are you feeling this morning? Are you a little bit slow? You've been celebrating all night, have you? Well, I have to tell you, uh, it's a little overwhelming in the, in the States right now. Alongside the, the Ryder Cup, there was a spectacular weekend of uh, NFL football on the oh, calendar. Yes. Plus, the baseball season here is really heating up. The playoffs are, are right in front of us. So a lot of different ways to, to enjoy yourself as a, as a fan of sports here in America. Mate, Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup. Let's talk about oh, Who's your NFL team, firstly? Who's your, who's your NFL, team, NFL team? Who do you support? I, I live in Washington, D.C., so I pull for the Washington oh. football team. They were on the wrong nice. side of the outcome yesterday against Buffalo. Uh, okay, okay. Well, well, mate, long season ahead. You'll be doing it right, mate. We're right, cup. What was your take from a very, very dominant performance from the USA team from the outset? They were just too good for Europe. So this is fascinating because of the number of rookies on the US mm. team, and the real test mm. here was how will these rookies, without any Ryder Cup experience, half the team was rookies. How would they? Uh, fair against a team of, of seasoned veterans on the Euro side. And for the United States, it was the best assembled team by official world golf ranking in the history of, of, of our, our participation in the Ryder Cup. And so you, you, don't, you don't compete the Ryder Cup on paper. You have to go out on the golf course and take care of business. <laughs> well, it turned out they were the very best ever assembled. They played like it. It was a dominant uh, performance, one for the ages. You can only talk about it in terms of superlatives. The rookies were the best. DJ was the best. This American side was the best. It's just an incredible outcome. We got Joe House on the line. Double A, double three. If you want to know anything via House, maybe uh, what he's putting in his 
uh, Bloody Marys, what, what any sort of any sort of food recipes, anything. He's up for it all. Give us a text. What do you want to know from House while we got him on the line? I want to know, Joe. Why why did this team mesh so well? Because if you asked me what team was going to be more cohesive before the start of the event, I probably would have picked the Europeans. Felt like there were personalities galore on Amer- on Team USA, and it could have gone very wrong. So what went so right from the personality perspective? One of the things that I don't think any of us really had our head around as we were uh, assessing the potential fortunes of these young guys, these young guys, all the rookies and the young players who qualified for the United States, have all known each other for 15 years or or more. They've been playing together as juniors Mm. and then in college and then, you know, on tour. So I think we underestimated – how much in the way of personal relationships these guys already have. Like, we're aware that Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are friends. We've been watching it on television for what feels like a full decade now, even though it's only been five or six years. But Brooks Kepka and Daniel Berger, they went to college together. Scotty Scheffler, who's not won a, an event on PGA Tour, lives in Dallas, has known Jordan Spieth for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And there are those kinds of connections exist amongst this young group of players um, in a way that I think we underestimated. So this, these, mm. we, we, in looking at it, we said, oh, these are just young guys. We don't, you know, where are the connections? They know each other. They've all been doing things. And I think they really enjoyed the opportunity to socialize with one another and let their hair down a little bit. Mate, we saw yesterday Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks kept uh, hugging it out. <laughs> and, um, you know, have they sorted their indifferences out or was that all for the camera and they still got a bit of a grudge against each other? Tell us. Both. Both. I think <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will have something to look forward to. Uh, that was the most the awkwardest November, hug right? I've ever seen. Yes, of course. Of course. They, they have to maintain <laughs> a little bit because they are going to compete in that in the match. There will be match number six or whatever you want to call it. Here in the United States, they're going to go head-to-head. Uh, I, I, I can't remember the venue now, but there is going to be after Thanksgiving. This is breaking news. It hasn't been reported yet, but I'm telling you this is going to happen, <laughs> uh, assuming both guys are healthy. There's going to be a head-to-head made-for-TV match. I think it might only be like 12 holes, but the two guys, oh. the two brutes, are going to go have it out. And it's going to be wonderful. Oh, it's wow. going to be gold. I can't wait for that, mate. That is going to be awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love it. That's good. TV rights are going to be through the roof. Mate, I want to ask you about Scotty Scheffler's performance against John Rahm in, in the singles. Probably didn't expect that. Like you said, Scotty Scheffler hasn't won a PGA, doesn't uh, really have any um, you know, background uh, confidence taken up against John Rahm and, and the legend he is. What a performance. Can you tell us a bit about that performance? Well, the, the thing you have to remember with Scheffler he was in the final of the match play tournament in Austin earlier this year. So there was an indication that Scotty Scheffler is up to the moment against players that, you know, are more established players, players with major wins. He he is uh, fearless and he has quite a track record in college. He's also a big guy that hits the ball a mile. So perfect fit for whistling straights. And it was apparent that he was comfortable at whistling straights. He had, as you could tell from his strategy, the lines that he wanted to hit the ball on, figure it out. And he, he just played fearless. He, had, he was not intimidated 
by Rom, and it doesn't doesn't hurt to to collect five birdies in the first six holes. That that can help, but uh, uh, build confidence. But you know, I think that was the overall uh, mo for all of the rookies on the U.S. team. They were all fearless. They feared no one on on the Euro side. They all respect John Rom, though, and and I mean, they respect everybody on the Euro side, but especially John Rom, who who collected three and a half points before that final match uh, yesterday against Scheffler. John Rahm is a powerhouse, isn't he? House, who, who is the guy? Who's the guy on tour now? Because it was Brooks for a while. He kind of took, took the mantle as the big swinger, you know? Who, who is it? Who is the guy that everyone fears? Is there one at the moment? It's John Rahm. John Rahm is, is number one. I think Brooks is, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Bryson is the most entertaining figure on tour. He's the guy that everybody wants to see when he plays events here in the United States and he's on in, in the field, fans will go to see Bryson because they're curious to see the ball go as far as he hits it. But the guy who carries the, 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 the mantle in terms of can win any major, it's John Rahm. I'm really hoping, not far behind, and this might sound a little funny, Colin Morikawa. Two majors mm-hmm. on his record in, ba- in basically you know 12 months. Uh, I'm rooting for a rivalry in terms of the majors between Morikawa and Rom, but Rom is definitely the number one guy. Morikawa, he's won me a fair bit on the tab in the gambling sense. Man, I got on him at fifth. I think I want to get him at thirty-one dollars. Thirty-one dollars to win um, oh. the Open. The Open, man. How good! Well done. Well done. <laughs> got on really well. Hey, mate, how's the NFL gambling going, Joe? You guys making millions at the ringer? Go on. I would not say millions, but I would say, you know, we have uh, by now learned that you have to be cautious at the beginning of the NFL season. And the real opportunities are with the underdogs because mm. the American uh, betting public, and, and one of the things that's happening here in the, in the States is the legalization of betting. Uh, half the states now you can you can either physically go somewhere or just pull up your phone and have an app on it to to legally place bets. And so there was a great um, influx of participation and money from the American sporting uh, public. And so now, as a as a as a gambler, you can look for opportunities where lines get inflated in the NFL because the American gambling public looks at a team and says, oh, my God, that team's going to win by so many points. I want to bet. How can the Kansas City Chiefs lose any games? They're the best team. I'm going to yeah. bet on Kansas City by a touchdown. And, and if you do the, the homework, Kansas City has not covered a spread since week nine of the 2020 NFL season. So fading, that, that's just a good example of opportunities where the lines get a little inflated because of enthusiasm, because of early season performances, and the value is on underdogs. And so we've done a pretty good uh, riding the underdogs so far these first three weeks of the season. Joe, it's in New Zealand and Australia, we've had kind of open gambling legislation for decades now, right? So we've, we've kind of, this is familiar to us. But what isn't familiar to us is the opposite. So in America, the, the sounds that it's opening up and you can legally gamble is kind of people will be kind of wondering, what does that mean? What was it like beforehand? How were you guys, you know, you and Sal and the crew, how were you guys getting bits on? Uh, 
through the <laughs> shadow market is a polite way I'll put it. <laughs> the, 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 the quiet market. There's, there is legalized betting in Las Vegas, and so if you have friends in Las Vegas, that could be a place to legally place right. sports wagers. And there are some, some legal offshore entities, uh, at least, you know, somewhat legal. And then, you know, there's all kinds of, of uh, ways and opportunities here. We're very inventive here in the state. <laughs> Where there's a will, there is a way here in the United States. Wee-wee-wee-wee. Sorry, yes, Louis is throwing you right under the bus here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, just, just before we go, just quickly, last question about the Ryder Cup. I want to ask you about DJ and his performance. Um, five points he was able to achieve, I read. And uh, only five players have done that in the past. Can you talk to us about that achievement for, for Dustin Johnson and his work at the Ryder Cup? Well, what I would say is was the most Dustin Johnson performance ever because he was not in form coming up to this event, right? The, the thing with Dustin yeah. Johnson is he, more than anyone, seems to possess an on-off switch and if he arrives at a venue and is feeling good and the stars are in alignment and, you know, Paulina is taking care of the kids as well as, as Dustin, uh, then, then he's comfortable playing. And, and at any moment, he can be the best player in the world. He is, in fact, right now, just as a reminder, the number two in the official world golf ranking. So it, it, it ought not to be that big a surprise. He just hasn't mm. done anything in the past couple months to make us think like oh yes dj's in form it's just a reminder that at this stage of his golf game dj is always in form and and it just needs you know he just needs a little bit of confidence his ball striking had been out of sorts his ball striking was marvelous this this whole week and you know it was a dominant dj performance not that dissimilar from the kind of form we saw from him when he won the masters last fall Awesome house. That makes perfect sense. And, and he's a guy you'd never write, write off, would you? He's always right there ready to unload. Just one last one. We've got the Cowboys-Eagles today. If anyone wants to make a buck, uh, the three-and-a-half-point favourites here in New Zealand, the Cowboys, what will you be watching for here from a betting perspective? Grab the hook. If you can get the extra half point on the Eagles, we like the Eagles very, very much. Uh, the, uh, the books here in the U.S. have already shifted down to three. The Eagles have slightly underperformed, notwithstanding their dominant performance in, in week one. They were very competitive against San Francisco last week. They, they was self-sabotage that kept them from uh, being more competitive against San Francisco. They had the ball inside the 30-yard line three times in the first half uh, last week and came away with zero points. Um, Dallas has a very, very capable offense, an electric offense, uh, especially with Dak Prescott being healthy again, and it's fun to see him with all the skill guys. The questions are with Dallas, they have a, a little bit of injury on both sides of the line, both on offensive linemen, Leo Collins is out, and uh, DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins, uh, not Cousins, uh, Lawrence. DeMarcus Cousins is basketball. DeMarcus <laughs> yeah, Lawrence say broke his foot last week. I'm, I'm ready for hoops. We're three weeks away, fellas. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> are. Luck. I, I like I like the Eagles getting the half point. These these uh, divisional rivalries tend to be uh, closer games, and so I like like the Eagles on the road with the half point. Oh, I love it. What a glorious time for American sports. Hoops three weeks away with the NFL season in full swing. The Red Sox getting pumped over the weekend. Ryder Cup 
beat has been brought home. What a great result. Host of Fairway Rolling in the Ring of Gambling Show, Joe House. Thank you, mate. We love having you on New Zealand Radio. Thank you, guys. Anytime you, you, you want me, I'm here for you. Outstanding. Go House, champion. Thanks, mate. There you go. House, what a legend. 21 minutes past 7 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. You can listen to House on the Ringer Network, Podcast Network. What a great dude. And he's tipping the the Eagles plus three and a half today. Take the hook, he says. It's 26 minutes past 7 o'clock. 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's higher phone line. You want to give us a call this morning and talk about Clayton McMillan, who is going to be retaining his spot as the head coach for the Chiefs. Warren Gatlin is going to be the director of rugby at the Chiefs. That's a bit of breaking news this morning. Chiefs fans, what do you think? Double eight, double three, or the Kennard's higher phone line. But Izzy, uh, we were speaking about Bowden and, and Richie Mwanga this morning because Richie becomes available and double eight, double three has received some pretty interesting feedback. Yeah, we have. We've got a couple of texts here and the last one is, uh, is a real good one. I'll leave that to last and I'll, I'll react to that one. But morning lads, you have to put the best team back in the team if he is available. That gives them more options. Could move. Uh, Geordie to the wing and either Bowden or D-Mac at fullback with one on the bench and uh, one uh, starting at fullback. Doing that secures the high ball area a lot more. That is Juan. I uh, love that. That's something that the All Blacks could potentially look at. Juan, also got another one. Izzy, you would know. Why does Moonga defend out at centre and wing and fullback, etc., whereas Bodie is generally still at first five for the majority? Is that tactics or are they hiding him? In my, in my eyes, Moonga... As a liability on defence, 6D is 60% of the game, and if you're not prepared to defend for at least that, then you're not worth being in my in an All Black, in my opinion. There's Jimmy from Pooh Hoyt. Um, yeah, Jimmy, that's that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great um great question, mate. I think the one thing I can go back to when we've played teams and Richie's been in the side, I know for a fact that we've played teams that have had blockbusting 12s and centres. So we've played against Nani Lamapu, Sami Samu Karevi. Uh, we played for uh, we played against teams that uh, religiously go to their twelve to get them good front football. So why not put a guy like um, uh, you know a David Harvey or Jack Goodhue? When I was in the team, this is what they did: they put a Jack Goodhue that could tackle, that was physical, that was up front because we knew what kind of um, game Nani Laumapu was going to bring. So for us, it would have been easier to chuck um, um, Richie Moonga out at centre just to give us a surety because we knew where they were coming. And then when you put Richie Moonga out at centre. I think that creates, uh, you know, he he can defend. You got to you got to give him that. He can make tackles. He, if he couldn't, like he he wouldn't even be in part of the equation. So he can make tackles. And what him being at centre gives him, if they do, they have the ability to go wide. We know how lightning quick he is. We know how so fast he's unbelievably fast. And I think if you, I don't know if you watched the game, but uh, Crusaders versus Reds in Brisbane uh, year uh, about start of the year. Uh, the Trans-Tasman, Richie Moonga, uses his speed, shows the guy the outside. They they pretend like they're going to go wide. They see Richie at centre, so they go wide. But his ability to shut down the ball with speed out wide and, and use his speed to defend was an unbelievable asset for him being at centre. So that's the reason I feel like that they put him at centre, um, to, to assure up that, that midfield role when you've got a guy from Wallabies Karevi who will just target you. Why not put someone there that's going to... Um, give you a lot of surety. So that's that's my thoughts, um, and that's my reasoning. You might agree or you might disagree, um, but that's why I think they put Richie out wide and, and put, put the defenders in there to, to mark up. Um, got a message from Gig here, 100% Moonga, 100% Moonga. 
That is from Gig. So yeah, look, it's going to be fascinating. Keep those messages coming through. Why you think Richie will go in? Um, that was a great message from um, from Jimmy and Poohoy, mate. That's, that's a great little observation there and probably not one that a lot of people want to know. So hopefully I've answered that question for you. That's my kind of uh, reasoning behind it, but there might be other, other reasonings as well. So, Jimmy from yeah. Poohoy. Keep them coming. Yes, love it, Jimmy. Double eight, double three. Keep them coming. Uh, Mwonga or B- Bowden Barrett? And do you have any kind of nuanced questions like Jimmy that you want Izzy to delve into? If you're interested, you're a Chiefs fan waking up late and you want to know Izzy's thoughts on Clayton McMillan and Warren Gatlin, go to our podcast channel or go to the SCNZ app. And Izzy gave his take just after 6.20 and it was fascinating. Uh, just to sum up, I think Izzy thinks it's a great idea and, and there's two people that can work in a cohesive unit for the betterment of the Chiefs squad. There you go. It is 7.30 now on Bears and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Right now it's time for the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is 28 minutes away from 8am on the 28th of September. Thank you for your time this morning. Oh, Bowden Barrett versus Richie Moonga. I think we've found a little talking point here. Double eight, double three. What do you think and why Richie Moonga becomes available? He'll be training with the team after doing two weeks isolation today. He'll go straight into the squad. What would you do if you were Ian Foster, who, by the way, I think we need to talk about it some stage, if not today, this week, Izzy, because a lot of people are saying, wouldn't have signed, re-signed Ian Foster until after the Springboks. Well, he's got one up. If he gets two up, I'll be interested to know your thoughts. Just quickly, a couple of news stories, sports news stories, before we get back to the text machine. Stephen Taylor, yeah, Trudy had the new news. If you're a Wellington Phoenix fan today, you're probably waking up in shock a little bit. So he has been, well... A bit of a titan in defence for the Phoenix when he's played. He's a he's a legend in the Premier League circles, a Newcastle legend at the very least. And as a, from a leadership perspective and a, well, I guess a professionalism perspective, had been huge. So Taylor has confirmed that he will be stopping professional football career. His professional football career, which began in 2003, it was a massive coup for the Phoenix to get him back. And I know that fans will be reeling. So double eight, double three. Anyone got any explanations here? I don't know. I guess we'll hear from the Phoenix and hear from Stephen Taylor in coming days. You don't know what being away from home in these current times is like. It's a long way from England. So we'll see what plays out there. And in the English Premier League, well, we've got Crystal Palace and Brighton getting underway at 8 a.m. So if you're fun of those fan clubs, stay tuned to us after 8 and we will keep the score updated. But double eight, double three, is he? And yeah. We've got a little bit of a Richie versus Bowden, a shock. It goes yep. on and yeah, on. Yeah, we have, we have. It goes on and on. And there's some great conversations coming through and, and a lot of people having their own um, opinions about it. And it's great. It's great. Oh, but before that, I just want to, that Stephen Taylor um, announcement is huge. Hey, eh? like it's, it's the season's only a week away or, or not so, not too far away. And he was only announced that he was going to be captain not so long ago. And then he's gone along and just come out of nowhere. And like you said, the, the times that we live in, Probably a big factor for him. He is getting on with the age. He's played many, many games. But looking forward to hearing a bit more about that and why he made that decision. Um, retire, you know, you're a long time retired. And uh, he probably had plenty of gas left in the tank. But, yeah, looking forward to hearing a bit more about that, Louis. But, um, yep, great text messages coming through. 100% Bowden. The whole back line has started firing since he's been back at 10. Something that hasn't really happened in the last two years. <clears throat> 
nice. I agree. Yeah, they've been, they've, they've actually looked really sharp. I totally agree. They've looked really, really good. Uh, he's brought a lot of uh, surety to that back line, a lot of experience, and uh, he's had some great players around him. So love that text message. Sure. This is from Jimmy. But isn't the easiest way to hide the in defence is behind a good open side? So in my eyes, that doesn't make sense. It just brings this organisations to a defensive line. Um, look, uh, yes, yes, a good a good seven and, and off a scrum is probably uh, you know ideal. But rea- realistically, you don't want to have to rely on your seven because the uh, the way that the game's been played now and ability for a twelve to hit the ball flat at the line and quite on on a bit of a wood wide pass, it's quite hard for your sevens to get there if you're constantly relying on your seven to cover your inside. Um, you know, like they they're good and they're good at what they do and they are always going to make that tackle. But it is a like the way that teams are playing with a wide flat ball at the line, it, you're putting a lot of stress and a lot of pressure on your seven. Um, and I I just feel that when you got a guy like Jack, I'm just going from my experiences when I played and, and it's happened and, and when we played the Hurricanes we knew what they were going to bring we knew that they were going to target that, that 10 area and you put a guy like Jack Goodhue in there and he just smacked them all day and that just put a stop to their whole game plan, their whole game um, yeah it just went a long way to winning the game but I can hear what you're saying mate, you want your, your 10 and you want your defenders to be able to tackle and I've been in teams as well where they have shifted me to, to wing or they'll put me over here because, you know, I wasn't the greatest defender as well. So, um, so and it does create a bit of disorganisation. Then you start second-guessing yourself, you're losing confidence. But I think there's a reason to why they do it. And the reason I think he goes to centre is he's got speed and ability to, to shut them down. So there we go. And we've got another text here. RM has played for weeks. Chuck him, in the, chuck him the lion's den. BB all day. Straddy from Taranaki. Taranaki, I should say. Straddy. All good. There you go. I think more leaning towards Bodie. Um, he's had a lot of game time, and Richie Mwanga will probably come off the bench if he's going to get an opportunity, which I think they will because it'd be unfair to chuck him straight out of two weeks isolation out in the field. But it's a conversation we should have. So keep those text messages coming through. And Louis, you spoke about um, Ian Foster, mate. You spoke about the Foz, Fosnator, and and there was a lot of conversations about about Foz and um, you know the signing. Why did they sign him before the? the rugby championship and our, um, you know, how we were going to mark where this team is at is how the, when they played South Africa. So I've written the thing that our measuring stick to see where this team is at was against South Africa. Well, it was four weeks ago. Are we happy with the direction and how the team is looking? Last year's results made it a defining year. Their measuring stick was up against South Africa. They've obviously been in South Africa. They're going to have a, a, another battle this weekend. For me, South Africa is probably not in the measuring stick now. Do we look for France at the end of the year tour? Do we look for Wales at the end of the year tour? A sellout, and, and I want to know from you: huh, Are we are, are we happy with with the direction and how the team are playing at the moment? For me, I, I've been very um very impressed with how they've been going the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously before Saturday, before that they've looked very sharp. They played the Wallabies many times. They played Fiji and Tonga, so it's hard to uh, measure against against those sides when you put hundred on them. But when you when you play against the Wallabies in Argentina. And the, and the amount of changes they've had to make, um, and the way that they're playing, look, I've been I've been reasonably happy. Um, but that's me. I want to hear from you. Are you happy with the direction that Fozzie has um, taken this team? And um, what is the measuring stick now? Where's where do we measure? Where do we measure the, the All Blacks? Obviously, South Africa this weekend, but then they go in the United States, and then they got a European tour, France over in France with their, their with. Uh, you know, with the, all the selections available, they, they travelled to Australia, they took a third-string team and, and just lost to the Wallabies. When they're in France, they'll have all their top 14 players 
involved in that game? Do we measure off France or do we measure it against Wales? I want to know. Love double it, Izzy. What is the measuring stick? Double eight, double three. Keep your messages coming in. Harry Simeo out of the UK talking all things Premier League after this, but we want to hear from you. Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 the Kenata phone line on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's quarter uh, quarter to eight o'clock where Trudy has the news at eight. Then after eight, it's Mike Angove talking from City Kickboxing's point of view on all of their, well, it's a bit of a conundrum really. But before then, we're looking at the Premier League as... We are, mate. We are. We go nowhere else. We don't go see anyone else but our mate over in the UK, Harry Simeo. And, well, his umbrella broke. He's he's dripping wet while walking to the train station. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care because Arsenal got up. Arsenal got the dub up against Bez's Tottenham. And oh. he caught it. Tottenham won't even be close to the top of the table by the end of the season. But, Harry, good morning, mate. How fired up are you? Morning, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling great. As you said, my umbrella broke this morning. I got <laughs> covered in rain. And my train was late. My favourite coffee place was closed. But it doesn't matter because Arsenal won the North London derby. How good, mate. How good is it? Have they turned a wee corner? Have they Arsenal? Have they been playing pretty well? And you, you're pretty happy with how they're tracking at the moment. I think, yeah, the results have definitely picked up from an Arsenal perspective. Mm. I think we've won four games on the trot now in all competitions, which is obviously an improvement on how we started this season. Still a lot of work to be done, though. Um, not getting too carried away, but obviously yesterday's win over Tottenham was not just a great win in terms of boosting the morale, but in terms of the actual performance itself, I think that's some of the best football we've probably mm. seen under this manager. So lots to take encouragement from. And I guess the key now is just being able to build on from it and then take it onto that next level. Isn't sport just a magnificent thing, Harry, that you can have terrible things happen to you, but your team wins and you're still just walking on absolute water, the puddles outside the train station. It's brilliant. When you open the Beeb this morning and you see the headline, Gunners have had false dawns before, but maybe this is different. Does it make you nervous though? Are we going too early? Um, not really, because I think with Arsenal, a lot of the, the start of the season issues were due to them having players missing, due to the camp being hit by COVID and, and some of our key players were unavailable. We've had all sorts of issues behind the scenes at the football club that have just made it a very, very difficult environment in which to be successful under. So there's been a lot of clearing out in terms of moving out players that we've been describing as dead wood that no longer really have a purpose but were <laughs> on really big salaries and and it's all uh, Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta keeps calling it a process and I think that's exactly what it is but I do feel like off the back of the last few games we're now starting to see his Arsenal for the first time in about 18 months of him being in charge so I think you can take encouragement from it but as always, you know, as you said, sport can be the, a great thing, but it can also be uh, a really depressing thing as well when things don't go your way. And, and we're, so we're not going to get carried away, but there's plenty of reason <laughs> to be at least optimistic. Yeah, celebrate it, mate. Celebrate those wins. Well, who are the biggest movers in the EPL at the moment? E- Everton are sitting in fifth position. Aston Villa knocked over my beloved Manchester United. Who are the biggest movers in your eyes? I think the team that have surprised everyone the most and actually are about to kick off a game this evening are Brighton and Hove Albion. They've got the opportunity tonight, if they beat Crystal Palace, to go top of the Premier League after six games. And this is a Brighton side that have been flirting with relegation 
for the last four or five seasons. So the turnaround there this season has been incredible. Um, you know, Liverpool at top of the league. The top four is as you'd expect: Liverpool, City, Chelsea, mm. Man United. That order will fluctuate during the course of the season. But for me, the the big teams to look out for is Brighton, and of course, you know, Aston Villa made some really really good signings in the summer. They're in eighth place at the moment. West Ham United building on a really strong season last season. They're currently in seventh. So. Yeah, it's going to be a really competitive season. But I'd say up to now, the big movers and the big surprise package has been Brighton for sure. Wow, the smoky old Brighton. Didn't see that coming. What about the, the team? Because every year there's a, there's a team that shouldn't be a dumpster fire that is a dumpster fire and all the other clubs and fans get to snigger at them. Who are we looking at this year? Well, I think they'll be okay in the end. But it's been a really worrying start to, see, to the season for Leeds United. Obviously, last season was their first season back in the Premier League after 16 years. And they really kind of captured everybody's imaginations by playing this really exciting, attacking football. They've got a very good and experienced coach in Marcelo Bielsa. But here in the UK, we always talk about something called second season syndrome, which is when teams get promoted, the first season is, is adrenaline, it's highs, it's excitement. And the second season is often the most difficult. Now, Leeds are currently in the relegation places. Um, so, yeah, you know, they've not won a game yet, which is worrying for them. The, the teams in and around them are teams that I expected to be there, but Leeds is the one that when you look at the bottom half of the table, you're struggling to work out how exactly they are there. Another team that probably should get a mention are Leicester City, who were challenging for a Champions League place last season and now at the moment find themselves in 13th. So those are the two clubs that are definitely underachieving at the moment. Mate, what about my man United? Is there still Cristiano Ronaldo hype mania over there in, in the UK? Is How are they tracking in your eyes? I know they had a bit of a slip-up against young boys in the Champions League and then obviously their first loss there. But you see them being uh, premiership contenders towards the end of the season? I don't think they're going to contend for the title. I've got to be honest. But I think they're next. Oh, I think they're nailed you on. You love throwing daggers in us, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're nailed on to finishing the top four, I would say. But... But in terms of challenging for the title, Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, whenever you think they've got things right and they're moving in the right direction, they produce disappointing results against opposition that they really should be beating. And that's because they struggle to, to break yeah. down teams with a, who defend with a low block. And it happened to them again at the weekend. They also went out of the League Cup midweek as well. They lost at home to West Ham. They've lost three of their last four games, Manchester United. Hey... Harry, um, one of the lads that works on the show, Kieran, uh, he spends too long on TikTok on the internet, and he, he turned up to work, I'm going to let you go, but just quickly, he turned up to work this morning with this conspiracy that uh, Bruno intentionally skied that penalty to get Ole Gunnar Solskjaer sacked. Is, that, is he in weird parts of the internet? He says that it's Steven Gerrard Roy Hodgson all over again. Is this true? I don't think so. I've got to be honest. I think Bruno Fernandes owes actually quite a bit to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he's you know, he, he made him the main man of the team when he brought him in. Um, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer overall has done a good job at Man United. I think you have to say that. But the question mark is, is he a good enough manager to get them over the line? I don't think he is. Uh, but with the Bruno Fernandes thing, I think Manchester United are, are in this weird space where they could end up focusing too much on Cristiano Ronaldo. So much so that the players like Bruno Fernandes like Paul Pogba, who have really been impressive over the last couple of seasons, will almost be pushed by the wayside. 
And that happened to Juventus, Cristiano Ronaldo's last club. They became obsessed with playing everything through him, so much so that they couldn't get their other players going. And Bruno Fernandes is one of them who I'm a little bit worried about what impact Ronaldo's gonna have, uh, Ronaldo coming in is going to have on him. I don't think he missed the penalty on purpose, but I tell you what, that ball's probably still travelling now. <laughs> <laughs> you knocked the socks off it. Hey, mate, really appreciate it. Uh, you're, you're totally right. I, the, the Manchester United, they, they get a flow on, then everyone's pumped up, and then they lose to absolute battlers. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating as a fan. But that's okay. That's sport. We take the wins and we take the lows as well. But, mate, really appreciate your time, Harry Simeo, out of UK. And well done to your Arsenal team. Getting back on the horse. And we look forward to chatting to you soon, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. No worries, Harry. Go check out Harry Simeo on Twitter. He's a football broadcaster, the finest order out of the UK. And Karen, get out of those weird places of the internet, mate, and clear your browser history while you're at it. It's six and a half minutes away from eight on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Coming up to the news with Trudy for Kubota, but Izzy, the double eight double three text line has been running hot. It has, mate. It has got a great question as well about that conversation with Richie Moonga defending. Morning, Izzy. Love your work. I hear what you're saying about RM bouncing out to centre on D uh, because of speed being able to shut down on the outside, but can you not do the same with BV is just as quick and has good defence and has good D. If we had Harvey and ALB in the centres, it's a strong midfield. What's your thoughts on that? That is from Cam and Invercargill. Um, yeah, mate, oh, they totally can do that. They totally can do that. It's, I think it's more of a personal preference. Um, look, oh, I don't know how they defend and, and how they confident at defending. And I think um, that's just the coach's pr- preference. The coaches will probably make that decision. I don't think it comes down to the individual. The coaches will probably say, look, we want to put um, someone there that's just going to bring us a bit more of a surety. And, uh, but I totally think that if they can, Bodie's a good defender at 10, but if he can, they can go out to centre. So, look, I think it comes down to the coaches and their uh, preferences, to be honest. And, um, yeah. But yeah, keep, keep them coming. There's great conversations we had. Double eight, double three. Beautiful stuff. Mike Angove, up after this. I'm off for a McCafe, that sweet, sweet McCafe. Trudy with the news now for Kubota. DNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Tuesday, the 28th of September. It's just after eight in the morning. Wherever you are in the country, I hope you're having a great morning so far. It's a beautiful day here in Christchurch, Autotahi. Looking forward to ripping in with the kids. They are a bit crooks at our home today, so it'll be a busy, busy household. We've had a great show so far. We've had some amazing guests on, great conversations with you out there. Um, keep them coming on double eight double three. Richard Moring is back. Does he slip straight in? Or does Bowden Barrett retain his position at 10 double eight double three on the text line, please? And uh yeah, we've had some great guests. Joe House. Talking all things Ryder Cup, the house of uh, the host of the Fairway Rolling and the Ring of Gambling Show. If you missed anything, make sure you head over to our app, the SNZ app, and look up the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast podcast, and you'll get that conversation with Joe House. He was awesome, awesome work. Just had Harry Simeo on out of the UK and his Arsenal team. Well, they gave Baz's Tottenham Spurs an absolute hiding, and my Manchester United went down as, down as well to Aston Villa. 1-0, so gave his insights. Who are the biggest movers? In the EPL over there. Coming up, though, coming up. We got coming up on the morning. We got Darren Williams. He is the racing industrial and industry manager for Addington Raceway. The call yesterday that the racing industry cup week down in Christchurch will be facing 
a tough old slog as they have to come to grips with COVID and the struggles it brings to eventing and events around the country. Um, yeah, looking forward to chin to him. It was a great day last Tuesday, Darren Williams. Um, hopefully I don't make a fool of myself and he's going to bring it up on the show. But anyway, we're looking forward to chatting to Darren Williams. Also coming up, also coming up, before we get to, to Mike Angrove or City Boxing, we've got Benji Marshall um, interview tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have an interview with Benji Marshall, the great Benji. He's played three hundred and forty five NRL games, ninety five tries, thirty one tests. He's an absolute champion of the game. This is his fairy tale finish. Well, hopefully it is for him and the Rabbitohs. I want to know if you've got any questions you would like us to throw to Benji Marshall, and uh, we'll make sure you get those to him. But I want to know what legacy will will he leave behind. Will Benji Marshall leave behind? Where does he sit among the game's greats in our great game of NRL? Um, I'm, I'm actually pumped to be able to share that interview with you and actually get him on the airways. He will be playing golf, he, he said to me. So he'll be on the, on the golf course, but that's okay. We'll bring that interview to you. We're going to get Benji Marshall. What an absolute champion he is. Um, he's done so much for the game. He has made a fan of me in league as way that he uh, expressed himself on the field. He's the only reason I supported the West Tigers, and now he's gone. I still have strong and, and still support him to this day, but yeah, we, we're going to have a chat to Benji Marshall tomorrow, so let me know what legacy will he leave, and what's your greatest memories of Benji Marshall, and any questions you would like to throw to Benji tomorrow morning. We'll get those to him, Louis, but that's a, we, we're straight to get Mike Angrove out. That's it, yeah. Mike Angos just uh, we'll, we'll try pin him down, but that's a hell of a get, mate. That's a mm. Group One sort of guest in a grand final week, isn't it? Benji, yeah, Benji. Yeah, no, I was pumped. I was pumped. He's an absolute champion, and he loves his golf. So I've actually promised him. I said I'll send him some polos because I got a couple of <laughs> polos here, golf polos and golf clubs. So I'll send him those today. But um, nah, mate, what a champion! And like you said, this is grand final week, so getting an understanding of of you know, what's going on behind the scenes leading into the weekend, Wayne Bennett, what what, what makes him tick, and, you know, someone that just knows the game. And when you think of the, the game's greats, you know, Andrew Johns, Jonathan Thurston, Stacey Jones, Dale Cherry Evans, Scotty Prince, you know, just some absolute class acts. Cooper oh. Cronk, you know, like just legends of the game. Does does Benji Marshall is he is he involved with those conversations with what he's been able to do for the game? He's won a premiership. He's a big influence in that premiership. You never forget that flip pass, you know, back to um, Luke uh, Pat Reedy. Um, I think I think you're right. Uh, is I think it's his influence over the NRL and the game of rugby league. Like he might not be. You know, pound for pound, he might not be Cooper Cronk, JT, Andrew Johns uh, as a half, yep. you know, but it's the style, it's the way he's gone about it, the class, the inspiration he's been, and, and especially for Kiwis, like, um, I'm sure if you ask Sean Johnson, for example, or, you, you know, you ask any young kid uh, coming through, Chanel harris Tavita, any young Kiwi half who they looked up to, it's Benji. And, and not just, the other thing is not just rugby league, like rugby union, like I remember, like, I only played rugby union growing up, but I remember... Benji flick passes and, and trying to be Benji and running like Benji. That was that wasn't it kind of transcended the sport, you know, the code, which I yeah. think is is what he yeah. did. Um so I can't wait for that, mate. And we've got a first. I, I think this is the first time I've ever seen anybody spell Bowden Barrett's name B O D O N. Bowden. Bowden. Morning boys, Bowden played well. That is- 
Sorry, it is a hard, it is a hard name to spell. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Oh, I suppose it's phonetically. Bowden played well, defended well, distributed and ran well, but I felt his tactical kicking was poor and put us under pressure many times. Bowden, B-O-D-E-N, used to have uh, used to have a huge kick and did leave it. And did he leave it in Japan? Richie starting, I predict a twenty point win. That's interesting. Um, we kind of half talked about maybe he had a niggle last week. I don't know. Did you see? Did he look fully fit to you on the weekend? Is he I'm kind of speculating here? Um, Firstly, firstly, don't be mean. Firstly, don't be mean to that poor person. He's just trying. We don't want to be mean. We don't judge on this I'm show, not being Louis. mean. So take that back. Take that back. <laughs> oh, uh, thank wow. you for your text message, mate. Were thank you for your text school message. We appreciate it. No. Well, I just think it's a creative way to spell. Uh, you wait. Actually, yes. You my mum's a teacher. Show, no, you I wait till I'm a music teacher, though, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> You're like the grammar nuts. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> Girls have got all soft after eight. Now look, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. Back to your sport. Okay, um, so I, I actually think because there's been a lot of chat about his groin, and I actually saw one of his kicks on the weekend, and he didn't quite um, hit it well. Didn't hit it really good as much as he has done in the past. So I think he there is a little niggle with his kicking, and I think it's in the groin area. And I've had a few groin and, and little quad tears, and there's nothing worse. So. Look, I actually think there might be a little underlying factor from why he's um, why he's kicking. So, great, great question, mate. Got another one here. I prefer Richie, especially with the combo him and Harvey are forming. However, I think stick with Barrett this week and Richie on the bench. That's from Goose and Goose in another one. Also, think Barrett was made to look worse this week as TJ's service wasn't up to normal standard. Game changed a bit when Weber came on, so there's another battle. Yeah, that's a that's a fashion. Look, I looked at that. I looked at that too, and I was like, oh man, you know. Passing wasn't that great. The, the, you know, the distribution was a bit slow, slow. But then I listened to Grant Fox, and and that's why I say like look a little bit deeper. Um, and Foxy was saying, look, they were they weren't sending enough numbers in the breakdown. The breakdown was sloppy. So TJ's service at the breakdown wasn't that great. So there will be underlying factors because three weeks before that he was outstanding. He was quick. The cleanouts were strong. Um, so yeah, I think that would be a, a main reason. And then got another. One. I think I think if Richie is fit enough, he could start. Due to being the starter before he left, it's not just if not just leave it to BB as everyone is used to playing around him. He doesn't need to be rushed back. That's from Jeremy. So look, mate, what a what a headache to have, Louis. What a headache to have. They've got options, and I think they'll probably lead towards B, uh, BB starting and and Richie off the bench. Um, I think that's where they'll head down. I think it'll be unfair for two weeks. Bloody lying in a hotel going and playing the spring will be a bit tough, but hey. We'll see. We'll soon see. Far out. It's a massive. It's a massive effort, as you point out. And look, it's not like um, it's not like Bodie is gonna. I mean, he might not have been you know in your top three point scorers over the weekend, or like if you were doing an MVP vote. But he was still very handy. Like he was still very mm. very handy. It's not like we need one or the other. They're two great options. It is probably, like, I think it's not unfair to say, though, that Richie Maunga had um, taken the number 10 first choice, number 10 jumper. I mean, that's just from selections kind of tell you that. And as Smithy said yesterday, Izzy, the All Blacks, as you would know, have been extremely loyal over a long period of time now that if you don't play your way out of the jersey, they don't just take it off you, do they? So it's about how they kind of integrate and back and then still realising that we've got however many tests up in the Northern Hemisphere where they will need Richie Maunga, especially if potentially Bodie isn't at 
100% fitness. Well, they're going to need Richie Moonga as probably the only real then specialist first five if, if something did, God forbid, happen to Bowden. So it's a, it is a good problem to have. How do you think Damian McKenzie has played at his opportunities at the first receiver slot, whether that be at 10 or coming in from 15 and, and playing there? Um, look, it, it, I actually really enjoyed him at, at 10 uh, when he played against the, the Argentinians, Argentina side a couple of weeks ago, and, and you really enjoyed him at 10. I think that's his position, if I'm completely honest, especially with uh, the Springboks. Like, I just, like, he's great in the air. For someone that's of his small stature, he gets up, man. He gets up. He gets up and he, and he puts his body on. He is brave, man. He's brave as they come. But I just, I reckon just his 10, 10s is probably his position for me, and, and we know how quick he is. He's brave on defence. He makes big tackles. So he would be uh, a 10 if he, if he had to fit in. And for me, he'd be going to 10. So there you go, Louis. DMAC 10. Beautiful stuff. All right, there you go. Keep the text coming in, including this one from Chris. Louis Herman Watt. That's a bit harsh, mate. Easy on the listener's spelling. Yeah, look, all right. Okay, I apologise. There's no, re- there's nothing wrong with spelling Bowden's name phonetically, and I apologise. I really do. I do have a teacher for a mum, but she's a school teacher, a music teacher, and her spelling can be a bit shoddy from time to time, but I apologise. Right now, it's time for a TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Our guy, Paul Moate, has been promoted up the order, bumped up the order, and he's always ready waiting. Paul, have you got your cup of coffee in hand today? I actually have, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get mine delivered, though. No, 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 no. Well, we could... Where where are you? You're you're Wellington-based, aren't you? I'm sure we could find you at McCafe... Uh, that isn't too far away. One morning, Paul, and sync you up with the lads. Anyway, um, yesterday we were down in the dumps because we didn't quite get it done with Defibrillate, but that's all right. The punt goes on, and I was just checking the markets for this weekend, and you've got a futures all-in market for the uh, Windsor Park Plate. And um, now, Coolside Mav is very, very firm in that. It's a it's a pretty much a race that's up for the, the taking, really, outside of him. It's pretty wide open. So there'll be lots of people playing into the racing as it heats up this week, won't there? Oh, certainly. Uh, as you say, it's day two of the Hawks Bay Carnival, and um, the the big winner, of course, on day one, uh, the Tarzino Trophy, Coolside Mav. As you say, two twenty in the uh, futures market for the Winter Park Plate. Uh, your your runner, Spring Tide, uh, which I don't believe is nominated for the Winter Park at the moment, is four sixty uh, in that futures market. Uh, Dragon Leap and Pre Fur. Uh, both at eight dollars, and then Gino Severini at ten dollars. So, uh, yeah, there has been a little bit of uh, money, uh, a wee bit further uh, down the order. Uh, we've taken a bit of cash on House of Cartier at twenty-one dollars. Mm. Uh, of course, one, uh, mm. well, just one on on the weekend, just gone. Yeah, yeah, won the metric so, mile. Yeah, that's interesting. So they think they might back it up. Well, there's been a bit of cash. All I'm saying, there's been a bit of cash. Follow the money, Paul. You know that. Follow <laughs> the money. And, and um, <laughs> hey, just I just seen today, you've got a bonus back, a pre-match. You put a pre-match winning team and margin bet on the NFL, the, the Eagles and the Cowboys. And if your team wins, but you're selected incorrect, but you've selected the incorrect margin, you're going to pay us back to 50 bucks in a bonus bet. And we had our good man, Joe House, 
on the show who seem to think that the <laughs> Eagles paying uh, the Eagles at plus three and a half, the spread was good. So I suppose by that you could take maybe the Cowboys unders and then you could get your cash back. So you're getting $2.46 for the 1-13 to 13 for the Dallas Cowboys. Is that, is that how it works? Have I got that right? Yeah, well, uh, if you take the Cowboys 1-13 to 13, uh, and they win 1-13, to 13, obviously you win your bet. If they win by 14 and over then you'll get your stake back ah, up right. to $50. Yeah, yeah. So if you take the uh, Philadelphia Eagles by 1-13 to 13, and they win by 14 or more, then you'll get your stake back up to $50. Um, so, yeah, first of all, uh, the team that you pick has to win, and if they don't win by the margin you select, then you'll get a bonus bet uh, up to $50. Uh, depending on how much you spent on that bet. Uh, but head to the TAB website to get all the T's and C's in regards to that bonus back promotion on today's Cowboys-Eagles game. I'll give, the, I'll give the Eagles a wee bit of a chance. I, I don't mind them. I, the money, to be fair, has come for the Cowboys. They're $1.50 at the moment to win the match. The Eagles, two forty-five. Uh, but I do like uh, the Eagles. Uh, these divisional games are always pretty tight affairs. I give them a bit of a chance. So the Eagles, one to thirteen at three dollars and eight cents, would be where I would be going with my winning team and margin bet. But uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, and there are plenty out there, I'm sure you'll be jumping on Dallas. No worries at all. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, Cooper, um, Amari Cooper. He's been going really good in the wide receiver role. How are you, Paul Moati? How are you, my mate? <laughs> oh, I'm good. Is he? How are you, mate? How's the foot? Oh, oh, I'm good, I'm good. I'm tracking, mate. I'm tracking along. I've got a, a household full of sick people. My kids just came in and slotty noses, but that's okay. We're just delivering the show. Mate, I want to ask you about the All Blacks. Who, who would you go at 10? The All Blacks? Yeah, so All Blacks. So Richie Mwang is available this Saturday. He's come back out of oh, MIQ in Australia. And yeah. So and Bodie's oh. been playing. They've been playing pretty well in the last couple of weeks. What would you go down? Oh, I'd stick with Bodie. Uh, and have Mwanga on the bench. Um, I, I know he's been doing a bit of training uh, while he's been in quarantine, but there's nothing like being out on the field and getting that match fitness. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd start with Bodie and bring Mwanga um, probably maybe 10, 15 minutes into the second half. Yeah, that, that's, I, nice. think, I think that's, nice. what, that's probably the most likely outcome as well. Paul, thank you for your time this morning. I've got a very important question I've got to ask you at some stage this week, but you have to keep coming back. Oh. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18, Mike Ango from City Kickboxing. He's up after this on Baz Nizzy for breakfast. We're 19 minutes past eight here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is the Kennard Tire phone line. Get in touch with us at any stage. But right now, Izzy, we've got Mike Angove on the line. Yes, Mike Angove, thanks so much for joining us, mate. How are you? Too bad, at least it's a sunny Mikey. day out there, but um, plenty going on. Can you hear me, all right? Yeah, I can hear you go, go loud and clear, mate. How are you going? You're good. How's Auckland? You're right. Ah. Uh. We're all locked down, aren't we, mate? <laughs> Looking forward to getting out of there. Hey, mate, we'll rip into it. Um, firstly, congrats on the weekend. Dan Hooker, the ultimate pro, and looked like his plan just was a perfect fight in the end. You're pretty happy with how he went? Uh, look, given all the circumstances leading up to, uh, you know, what he had to go through to get there, uh, although his opponent mm. was unranked, he was a very, very dangerous guy. 
um, who we had full respect for. Uh, Dan really stuck to his game plan really well and executed beautifully. Um, you know, I, there's not really a lot of appreciation for, for the level of uh, both commitment and skill that, that he has and just actually getting through that. I mean, spending the last uh, few weeks training in his garage uh, is not any ideal preparation for going out and having a scrap at the weekend, you know, in a, in a pub event as opposed to, you know, doing something on the pinnacle of the global stage. So, so that was a remarkable performance. Yeah, nice, mate. Unbelievable. Heard it afterwards. He hadn't grappled anyone for months, and it just came off. The plan was fluid and perfect, mate. I want to talk to you quickly. The gym, the gym moving to the states. Is, uh, is it going? Because that's that's the kind of feeling we're getting from Israel and and Dan. And uh, are we going to well, lose you? Obviously, this? be terrible. Look, obviously, we're we. And I'd like to reiterate. Um, you know, we could have gone over at any stage. Uh, in many ways, it was yeah. it's better for us to be to be located um, overseas. But it's our desire, and remains our desire, to actually uh, you know be a big part of the New Zealand MMA scene and to be homegrown. But currently, it's untenable. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the MIQ system. Um, and again, let's clarify here: this isn't asking for special treatment. Okay, there's a lot of vitriol out there saying, hey, you guys are asking for special treatment. What we're asking for is improvements to the system, and in particular for people and businesses who have to go overseas to conduct their business. This isn't about a sporting team asking for special treatment. These guys are effectively employers go overseas as contractors, taking a number of employees with them. And, and we do need to remember that. And as a system, um, there should be some accommodation for that. Unfortunately, we're mm. currently in this realm where I, I think because of our collectivism, it's become a bit of a mutual misery collectivism. And we're ignoring that we should be looking for sensible solutions to uh, to some of these issues that lockdown and MIQ present, provided they don't compromise public health. And mm. another factor is we've always been really clear, those who are unwell, are sick, have dying family members, they should be at the front of the MIQ, the MIQ queue, um, you know, ahead of us, ahead of people who are, are, are travelling for business reasons. Um, so we're very, very conscious of that. We're conscious of our responsibility. But as a business, it's currently untenable. And it's also dangerous for these guys to be putting themselves in a situation where they don't have appropriate training. And unfortunately, the, the system as it stands doesn't appear to allow flexibility unless you have the, uh, I guess, the, the cultural and financial wherewithal uh, which is dangerously close to buying your way into MIQ, um, but we won't go down that road. Um, and yep. those are the financial criteria which allow, you know, obviously the ABs, the cricket team, et cetera, to be able to, to uh, I won't say skip the queue, because we don't really begrudge them that. We think it's a sensible solution, but we're talking about mm. where's the equity with what we're doing, and, and that's pretty critical. Um yeah, so that's that's it in a nutshell. We're still working through logistics, um, working at mm. how that would play out. Obviously, there's a how lot those of conversations been? A lot of players in that. 
Um, Are you getting much uh, conversation from, yeah? Like Sport New Zealand, there was a lot of chat from Dan about Sport New Zealand and how they have been handling it from the government. Have you been getting those conversations back? Um, look, uh, I've had some uh, some some solid conversations with Sport New Zealand and the indication from them that their hands are very much tied because we don't meet the, the relevant criteria. And, um, you know, they've, they've been helpful and offered guidance um, but the, you know it's uh, it's essentially we're unable to assist, um, and yeah. that that's unfortunate. I, I imagine that's because they're hamstrung with criteria. I don't want to get into you know them being a government department and representative of the government. What we're looking at is what's the system there, and how could mm. we improve that? So if there are solutions available, surely we should consider them. I would like to add. Um, you know, having a look on social media, um, Israel's uh, outspokenness um, versus what Dan has said, and they've essentially leveled the same criticism. Um, now, what I've noticed is Dan is getting plaudit and mm-hmm. getting hailed for what he's done. Israel, by the same token, some of the rhetoric on there telling him to go and go back to Nigeria. Um, yeah. and, and the, the, the negative comments towards him when he and Dan are essentially raising the same thing has to beg the question, what's the key difference between those two men saying the mm. same thing? Israel's a little yeah. bit more profane in his language, but he is saying the same thing. So quite Mate, clearly, uh, there's something going on there um, beyond the fact that he swears a little bit more. Yeah. Hey, Mike, Mike, we want to hold you. I want to hold you. I want to come back to you in about two minutes, okay? We're just going to quickly go to the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand, but I'd love to come back to you. Is that okay? Sure, mate. No problem. Awesome. It is 27 and a half minutes away from 9 o'clock. On the line, we've got Mike Angove, coach with City Kickboxing. Izzy, and um, yeah, like, like some interesting conversations around the uneasiness of, well, this whole situation and, and will, will the gym move? So, Mike, do we still have you, mate? Yeah, no, still here. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for, for staying online, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, so you, you, you're saying that, that Izzy has been treated differently. There was a sense of... of kind of racism, a bit of malice behind it, you feel? Oh, I wouldn't draw that. I wouldn't draw that. Yeah. I'll leave people to draw their own conclusions. But but the mm. the sentiment is very, very different um, yeah. b- between the, the two athletes. And, um, you know, look, yes, we know that Izzy's outspoken. Um, and yeah. we, uh, we know he uses profanity. Um, but the message is exactly the same, and yet the response to that message is very, very different. I am literally uh, screenshot a couple of things like, oh, I hope you're enjoying your nice shiny new uh, passport. Perhaps you could bugger off back to Nigeria. Mm. And that's, that's, that's a good example of, of some of that. So, yeah. you know, that, unfortunately, the, the social, social me- in the social media world, there is... Uh, that element that that exists, um, but it's uh, it's unfortunate I think that the message is being lost, um, you know, around shall we say personal uh, factors. The the message mm-hmm. here is it's absolutely a consideration um, for, for us, um, and it's not an easy choice. Remember, it doesn't matter where we are in the world, we wear that silver film with pride. 
you know, we don't cease being Kiwis. Uh, we're just representing from a different base. Um, so people shouldn't shouldn't uh, misunderstand that. It's not a, a, a lack of patriotism or, or nationalism, if you like. It's just simple logistics about operating a business. I mean, Scott Dixon, yep. Stephen Adams, uh, we don't consider those guys non-Kiwis because they've decided to ply their trade overseas. Similarly, overseas business successes when they go overseas, we don't all of a sudden say, hey, you're not Kiwis anymore. You know, um, and, and yeah. that's something I think people are, are missing here. Businesses in general who need to operate overseas, um, you know, in, in order to provide people with employment, in, in order not to go bankrupt mm. in many cases, um, you know, there should be something that facilitates that. Yes, everyone's yeah. suffering, but we've got to get out of this collective mentality of everyone must be miserable and suffer uh, equally. No, we shouldn't. We should be constantly looking for sensible solutions that enable less people to suffer. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, we don't want to compromise public health. But I think we're missing that message that, uh, look, we pride ourselves on being innovative and, uh, you know, number eight wire mentality. Well, let's apply that to the situation we're in. Um, you know, let's just not say no and everyone must suffer. Let's go, okay, how do we work with this? How do we improve our situation? And although it is a dynamic and a, and a moving situation, from a government perspective, we have had a lot of time um, to, to start to think about these logistics. And um, it, it would, be, would have been more heartening to see perhaps a little more progression in how we're going to deal with these things. I think we've done well so far. We all support what we've done well so far. We don't want to be... Uh, you know, in some of these situations overseas. But yep. why didn't we use that time? Why aren't we now using that time to uh, create solutions, not just simply put an obstacle in place? Yeah, I love it, love it. You weren't part of those polls that came out yesterday with, uh, you know, Labour and things like that. Mate, you go great in politics, I think, Mike Angove. Um, <laughs> mate, just quickly, <laughs> what about... So with City Kickboxing, have you had a, have you like Kai Cutter France, Shane Young, Brad the Quake, Riddell, Carlos Solberg, and there's probably many, many younger fighters that haven't been exposed yet. Is there a lot of buy-in that if you do go, they've got to move their whole family, everyone's got to go over? Look, these are discussions that, that, that we, have to, we have to work through. We have to work through whether it's a wholesale move. We have to work through whether it's, it's camping overseas. That's quite a commitment for eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, it, but 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 simply put, if you cannot train and you cannot come back to New Zealand um, and be separated from your family, um, you know, and and remembering that we need to train with training partners, it's a substantial move. So whether that means we have an overseas base and, and a Kiwi base. Um, you know, whether it's a temporary or a permanent move, um, how different athletes' family situations come into play. And don't, don't, don't forget, we've got uh, four or five coaches as well. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm just yeah, dropping yeah, off cool. my son to school right now. Um, you yeah. know, the, these are not easy decisions. This isn't a, a flippant knee-jerk reaction. This is something that, yeah. that we're currently working through because we need to earn a living as well. You know, we need to try and figure out a way how we can make money. Israel, Israel Adesanya is not just Israel Adesanya. He employs 
uh, a, a number of people. Dan Hooker runs his gym here. Um, he needed to go yeah. and fight to make sure he didn't go bankrupt. <laughs> you know, um, and so so those those are considerations. And also for other people who are in similar situations. Uh, again, yeah. we let's remove the fact that it's a sporting scenario and go back to it's a commercial operation. Yeah. How can we create an environment where commercial people who need to operate overseas are, are able to continue to work? I'd like to add, we as a team are probably the most travelled and tested team in the country. We operate in strict quarantines on both sides of uh, you know of the ditch wherever we are. Uh, we yep. we are more than willing to undertake protocols. Mm. Um, you know we have real really strict team protocols within themselves. So it's not like we're unaware or unsupportive of of these measures. Um, but there's got to be a way to to, to get there and and to facilitate yep. that. As I said, so less people suffer, not more. Yep, nice, mate. I, I really appreciate your time, Mike. I know you got your son to drop off to school. You lucky fellow. My ones are sick, so they're home all day, but that's okay. Um, I appreciate your honesty, and I know it's a, a tough time, and there's uh, you know some big decisions to be made. And uh, just one thing from, from myself anyway, mate, uh, I love what you guys do. You fly the flag with, flag with pride, and uh, I love the fight game. So keep up the great work, and whatever happens, keep flying that flag, mate. Yeah, will do. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. No worries. Mike Angove out of City Kickboxing. There you go. There's an insight into all of the, the balancing act that they are doing right now with their gym, their stars, the fights in Vegas. Um, yeah, turbulent times and the text machine's been going double eight, double three. You've heard Mike Angove. What do you think? We'll be back with Darren Williams from Addington talking about Cup Day. Maybe not having crowds for the first time in over a century after this. It is quarter to nine o'clock here in Baz and Izzy for breakfast, of course. Baz over at the IPL, Izzy down in Christchurch, and we just had Mike Angove on. If you've missed that chat with Mike Angove talking about the delicate situation City Kickboxing find themselves in, Izzy just bossed it. It was great. We held him through the news. Go to our podcast channels or wherever you get your podcasts or go to the SCNZ app and you can tune in there. But right now it is, well, you love this day. 117-year <laughs> history. You love Addington Cup. Day, you New Zealand oh. Cup Day, Addington Cup Week, you love it. It's the trotting cup that everyone turns up for on the Tuesday. The weather is almost just officially good. It almost is never bad, and unfortunately, because of COVID and potential uncertainty around crowd sizes, um, we might not have crowds this year. Darren Williams is the racing industry manager at Addington Raceway. He joins the show now. Morning, Darren. Morning, guys. Good to have you on, mate. What is what's the guts of this? What do we need? What do we need to know before you can set up all your Lindau lawns and the Izzy Dags of the world can get up there and have a dance? <laughs> <laughs> what we know is that uh, Cup Day at Addington's the, the biggest race day in New Zealand, biggest turnover day in New Zealand, and extremely important to the harness racing industry and the racing industry as a whole. So. What we want to do is, is be able to operate as we normally do. Obviously, we're going through a situation in the country at the moment that means there's some restrictions as we currently stand on level two on mass gatherings. And we need, obviously need to take that into account when we're planning everything for this year. Hopefully, uh, we're at a level one uh, situation and we can operate like normal or obviously operate slightly restricted. But if we were in level two as we are at the moment, uh, then we will be operating without a crowd on course, which will be very, very frustrating. 
Mm, be very fresh. What are those conversations being like, um, Darren? Have you had good conversations with the government, with the powers of be, and and getting a bit of understanding where they're heading? Can you can you oh, drop it and say we're going to level one? <laughs> we can't. Well, we wish we could. Uh, look, it's, yeah. it's no it's no different to anyone else. It's no different to the entertainment industry trying to look at Christmas and, and concerts and everything else and mm. trying to work out exactly what that is. We don't know what level one is yet. Whether whether there's a level one point five that might have some restrictions, um, you know, completely different to how we operated at level one before. Um, so obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we need to be responsible and respect the situation that we've got in place at the moment and make plans to to operate as safely as we can. What What is absolutely certain is that the racing will go ahead regardless. The only way racing would not yep. go ahead is if we were at level four. Um, and turnover's been really strong, even though we've been racing behind closed doors at level two at the moment. So... You know, the, the staff are extremely frustrated. We were Hospitality was sold out, you know, a long time ago, and we were going to go on sale with general admission to the public village and Lindau Lawn and Pundas Lounge and things on the 1st of September and actually expected to sell out within a week. Um, the demand was, was through the roof, and, you know, everyone's looking for a party, especially with what's going on. So it's something <laughs> happened last year when we operated with it. It's a, a hell of a, a party, I tell you. Crowd. Yeah, no, it's great fun, isn't it? <laughs> And, you know, the, the demand, as I say, with, with operating with a smaller crowd last year, just, just uh, in and around uncertainty with COVID at that time, um, if anything, it's just driven up demand, uh, which, you know, puts us in a great position. And we were in a, a terrific position. But at the moment, we're treading water a little bit until we get an announcement next week. Yeah. Um, and to be, to be honest, you know, it's like having a punt, mate. You just, <laughs> you're not certain what's going to happen. If we were going to open a book on it, what, what do you reckon? Like, would it be evens, or are we, are we odds on to get racing, or get sorry, get a crowd? I'd just about be happy with evens, I tell you. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I don't know. Um, what do I think will happen? I think that you know, based on the two point five, there's probably going to be a level of one point five that might restrict mass gatherings for a wee while until there's more vaccination certainty. Um, whether that restricts a I'm just completely guessing here whether that restricts an overall crowd to 5,000, whether it res- doesn't have that restriction, but strict restricts pods outdoors to 500. So all of those things that we just don't know mean that we could operate slightly differently. Um, but again, it's about timing. It's about, and we've put that sort of drop-dead date of the 19th of, of October in for us to, to choose which way we're going. Um, it's about whether we can operate safely with toilets and bars and facilities and everything else. You know, it's it's not like yesteryear when you sort of opened the doors and went right, go for your life. Um, <laughs> no. There's an expectation, expectation around health and safety and providing um, an appropriate venue, appropriate social distancing, um, you know, alcohol management, traffic management, all of these things that have to be taken into account. Which yeah. um, you know are, are frustrating, but we want to do the right thing, and 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 we try and try and do that. And I think we've been very very successful over the years, which is why the race days continue to be such a such a huge thing for the racing industry. Uh, it's one of the great days in the not not just the racing or the sporting calendar, but but in the New Zealand calendar, Darren. It really is. So we're rooting for you, and hopefully we can get down and all get around it when it does get off the ground. Fingers crossed. We'll catch up again before the date, hey, and and uh, get an update. Yeah, no, good as God, mate. Look, just I think everyone just be following our, our Facebook page, following the, the website, addington.k.nz. 
that's where the information will be the most up to date and we're releasing it as soon as we know anything and just trying to be, as I say, responsible and, and trying to act as quickly as we can so that people have a little bit of certainty because we do know there's a lot of people that try and travel, you know, half the south and ends up in Canterbury for the Cup Week. <laughs> um, and I guess even if we can't operate as we expect to, I imagine if you've been coming to the Cup for 20 years, you're probably not going to work. You're probably having a barbie at home and, yeah. and a few bets and a few beers, so you're probably still having, probably still enjoying Cup Day. You're just not on course. No, that's right. We're in the hoker at the pool house. It is his pool house. Thanks, Darren. Darren, Darren Williams, the racing industry manager at Addington Raceway, getting an update on whether the Cup, the New Zealand Trotting Cup, will have crowds like it has for every other year in its 117-year history. We'll be back with Ian Smith, the doyen, to sleep on it on Baz Nizzy for breakfast after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.